We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today I'm speaking with John Luxem, a multiple FFPC Dynasty League champ whose career winnings total well over $20,000. In this episode, we talk about what NFC West receiver is a prime Dynasty buy, why trading for aging production is sometimes the right choice, and much more. You can follow him on Twitter at JLux71. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all the Rotoviz content and tools, and it helps support the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's $20,000 high-stakes dynasty champ, John Lux. When you are, when you're not playing high-stakes uh, uh, football with the FFPC, dynasty uh, fantasy football as well, John, uh, what do you do for a living? 
Well, I uh, actually own and operate a bunch of Dunkin' Donut restaurants here in the Chicagoland area. And as, so, and yep. as, go ahead. No, that keeps me pretty busy. And then I have two kids who are sports crazy kids, and and uh, we spend most of our weekends at some kind of uh, athletic tournament. What's, uh, how old are your kids? My kids are 11 and 9 and play year-round sports and anything and everything they can get their hands on. I got it. Yeah, that's I, I used to be one of those kids, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I think we all did, right? Yeah, we, we all did, yeah. And, uh, and, and um, uh, 2016 FFPC main event uh, co-champion Nelson Sousa also earn, uh, owns a bunch of uh, Dunkin' Donuts franchises in the New York area. And I would say I need to start eating more donuts, but you would say it's, it, it's, it's something else. Yeah, it's it's got to be the coffee. That's that's the liquid gold. That that's what makes it all happen. It's, I love that liquid gold. Okay, good. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, you won the FFPC 500 number 18 last year, Dynasty League, uh, and one of those uh, players on that team was Mark Ingram, uh, who split time uh, with Alvin Kamara. And obviously, uh, if you had one or both of these guys, you probably did pretty well. Um, I'm curious, given that uh, Kamara, you know, really crushed it with a lot of long runs, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of scores, a very hyper-efficient running back last year. Uh, Mark Ingram, who's, who's been pretty solid the last couple of years, he could actually have another good year, maybe even a better 2018 than 2017. Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, Mark Ingram, um, he was a solid RB2 last year. Um he had over 50 receptions, over a thousand yards rushing. He is just a a workhorse, and you know Sean Payton showed uh, that they could fold Kamara in. Um, and while Kamara kind of took the world by by storm, Mark Ingram was the steady Eddie, just rolling it out, getting a thousand yards again. His rushing touchdowns were up, um, but his overall touchdowns were only up by two. So he had a lot more uh, receiving touchdowns before Kamara. I don't see why he can't continue to be the, the, the rushing workhorse and Kamara picks up that, that's that receiving role and they keep the uh, tandem going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it, it could be, and maybe Kamara is, is um, you know, that same type of running back again in 2018, but we already saw that even when he is Mark Ingram is very, very valuable. Uh, so there's no reason, like you said, for that to continue uh, coming into this season. Let's talk about a couple of, uh, of different, uh, off-season trades that you made, and they're interesting because the the uh, you know the norm quote-unquote normal in dynasty is trying to acquire assets that um, are going to uh, increase in value. You know, players that have not peaked yet, so you will get them for their peak years. Um, but you zagged when when everybody else is zigging here. You acquire Frank Gore for again basically you know nothing, a, a late six-round pick, and then uh, Marshawn Lynch for again not very much uh, draft capital that you had to give up for him. So why while most people are trying to dump these running backs, you know, be, before they fall off uh, the edge of the cliff, why did you go the opposite way and acquire both these guys? Uh, I, I'd like to say I'm crazy like a fox, but um, I, I just like older players that produce. And these are two guys that have shown throughout their careers that uh, given the opportunity, given the workload that they're going to produce. Now, you know, I, I traded for Gore before he, he went to Miami. Um, I was really hoping for maybe a better spot than that. But I think him going home to Miami, um, you know, Kenyon Drake is, is nice, but uh, Hopefully he'll get enough touches, and when he does get touches, he, he produces. He almost had a thousand yards last year, playing in Indy with no Andrew Luck, with no real um, offensive structure going on there. It was kind of kind of just him and and, and nobody else. Um, and 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 I think that 
he is just a guy that has shown throughout his crew he's, he's durable, he's not going to get hurt, and for a six-round pick, why not, right? So, um, but, but Lynch, Lynch is a little different. Um, I was excited when, when Gruden took the job there. I thought, you know, he's going to get back to running the ball hard. Um, Oakland had a down year in their, in their offense. Um, I was a little shocked that they got rid of Crabby, um, Michael Crabtree, and, and I don't know how that's going to play out for, for the overall offense. And, but I think you can't go wrong with, with the guy that produces when he, he gets the ball. I mean, he still averages over four and a half yards a carry. Um, he's going to get you touchdowns. So why not take a flyer on some of these older guys that I know are going to produce rather than taking a flyer on a young guy that, quite frankly, might get cut before the season even starts. Let's uh, let's talk about a shift uh, from running back to receiver here and talk a little bit about uh, Doug Baldwin. Uh, he was a guy that helped you win this dynasty title last year, and I think uh, you know you. Let's read between the lines here a little bit. Seattle has lost some pretty significant contributors on defense. Uh, they've lost Jimmy Graham, uh, you know, a, a guy who caught a ton of touchdowns for them last year. We already know that the the offensive line and running game is not where uh, you know it should be for this team. So this Seahawks team in 2018 might actually be playing from behind a little bit more than they've been uh, accustomed to. So you look at Doug Baldwin, who's really the big or, you know, the only offensive weapon that Seattle has right now. Is this a buying opportunity for dynasty owners to try to cash in on Baldwin, not maybe not pay a ton for him now, uh, and then maybe flip him after the season if, if he does catch, you know, 85, 90 balls, 1,100, 1,200 yards, eight or nine touchdowns. I mean, this this could be an interesting opportunity for dynasty owners to get them now and then maybe flip them or keep them at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think you're spot on there. I think that uh, um, who else is going to catch the ball out there? Uh, Russell Wilson loves this guy. He's steady Eddie for, for him. Um, you know, he's a solid, you know, wide receiver too in my eyes. Uh, still gets over over well over 100 targets every year. Um, the last three years has been right around a thousand yards receiving every single year. Um, he just produces, um, now the touchdowns, you know, he's not really, uh, you know, any, any of these guys trying to forecast the exact number of touchdowns can be difficult, but he's going to definitely give you, you know, somewhere eight to 12 touchdowns. And and why wouldn't you want that? Another guy that you know is going to produce as long as he doesn't get hurt, he's, he's going to be on the field. Um, and he makes plays, and, and those are guys that you need on, on dynasty teams. You can't have a dynasty team just with a whole bunch of rookies and, and darts and hopeful you know, prospects because you're, you're going to wind up just not cashing enough to, to sustain waiting for those guys to eventually produce, i.e. see like Devontae Parker, see Dante Moncrief. Those guys, while they had all the metrics, they haven't produced, and if you've been holding on to those guys for this long, while other guys are holding on to Baldwin and winning dynasty championships. You know, the other thing about Doug Baldwin, and, and maybe this is just um, cutting to the heart of, of dynasty owners in general, but this is a guy, especially this time of year, when we get all enamored with who's going to be a first-round pick, what, what is, how tall is he, how, how big is he, uh, how fast is he. You know, Doug Baldwin, not the fastest guy in the world when he was coming out of Stanford. He was an undrafted free agent, not the biggest guy, you know, 5'10", 192. This is a guy that's sort of been, you know, kind of unheralded his whole career. And the fact that, you know, this is his, you know, whatever it is, eighth year in the league now, 
this just represents to me like there's nothing shiny about him other than his production. And I feel like if you go out and get Doug Baldwin right now, you're probably going, you might get him for less than, or you should get him for less than market value. And he could be one of those guys that just totally outperforms what, what a lot of people uh, think he'll do. This is, I think he's a great dynasty buy right now. I, I think so too. He's still young. He's like you said, it's eight, eighth year in the league. Um, you know, Russell Wilson has a great rapport connection with him. Guy makes plays, runs good routes. Um, you know, he, he's just somebody that you, you, you can rely on to put up, you know, somewhere between 10 and, and 20 points a week for you. We would, uh, we, we should probably actually talk about, this is not something we talked about before the show, but the big sure. Brandon Cooks trade that went down yesterday where New England now ships, uh, ships him to Los Angeles. And uh, he will be... You know, I, well, I don't know. I'll let you answer this. The number one, the number two, the number three. I mean, they have Woods and Cup there, uh, and certainly Todd Gurley is still going to catch a lot of passes. So let's talk about this first from the Rams' point of view. How does Cooks fit in uh, to this offense? How good is he going to be in 2018? And most importantly, what does this do for his dynasty value? Well, I mean, you know, uh, they could have gone uh, a little more economical route with the Rams. I mean, they could have kept Sammy Watkins. Um and, and not giving up a first-round pick to to the Patriots. And the Patriots always seem to pull off these crazy first-round moves, uh, trading first-round picks to get, you know, guys that, that really, you know, nobody would think that would be on the trading block. Um, but Sean McVay out there in, in, in L.A., um, he's putting the weapons. I mean, it's like it's like Avengers Assemble out there. I mean, with the defensive <laughs> stuff that they, they did with getting to leave and um, Sue and Peters and, um, you know, all these assets that they got out there and then throw on top of it. Now, now they got a, a legit burner guy that can produce and Brandon cooks and he's still on his rookie deal. Um, will he be the number one? I don't know. I mean, they got a lot of good other Robert Woods is, is a solid wide receiver. Cooper cup, you know, he's a great slot receiver. I mean, they, they got all the makings now. If Jared Goff can just take the next step and, and, and prove that he is the real deal, like Carson Wentz showed until he got hurt this year, and, and take that next step. Um, I mean, the Rams are going to be scary. Brandon Cooks might fit in pretty good in this offense because I think we've we as as Cooks owners in the past have complained that he just doesn't get the targets that that you would be normally accustomed to for uh, a guy who was going in the first or you know late first or second or sometimes third rounds of of, uh, of redraft leagues. And in this offense, with Goff, who's sort of been, you know, his talent has been unlocked by, by Sean McVay, he's able to spread it around to Gurley and to Cup and to Woods, you know. So, and, and so maybe Cooks doesn't get the targets here, uh, but the production definitely should uh, still be there. Shifting over to New England, and we look at mm-hmm. what, what they're left with now. You have Julian Edelman, an aging Julian Edelman, coming off uh, ACL surgery. Obviously, I, I, I think that... This bodes well for him in his future in New England that the Patriots are willing to do this. You have Chris Hogan there, and then a couple of other first-round picks uh, that, that kind of washed out with their original teams. But Corderell Patterson and Philip Dorsett are still there. You have uh, Kenny Britt there as well. <clears throat> Malcolm Mitchell, uh, if he could ever stay healthy, is also on that depth chart. Where is, is there value to be gotten right now, striking while the iron's hot, uh, by acquiring any of these players, where, who is who are the, who are the receivers to own in New England now? Well, I, I think you know Edelman. I think honestly, that's the narrative for the entire season coming up. Edelman, 
look at all the guys that got hurt this past year that were top producers up and down the line for these teams. You know, David Johnson, Odell Beckham, Dalvin Cook, A-Rob, 15, Carson Wentz, Chris Thompson. I mean, the list goes on and on of, of top producers for their teams that got hurt that are going to be coming back for, for this season coming up. Like Edelman is like the forgotten guy, but he was a solid, I mean, borderline RB1, you know, mid, mid uh, not RB, uh, wide receiver one, uh, wide receiver two guy. He all, Brady loves him. Brady loves Hogan. I mean, those are, you know, those are, call them system guys, call them whatever you want. They, it works in New England. So uh, Edelman coming back, I think, you know, now that Cooks is gone, it's going to be hard to get Edelman at a, at a discount. You probably could have got Edelman at a discount before this. Um, but, you know, Belichick keeps the system rolling. Um, who, who knows what he's going to do with those two first-round picks um, if he keeps them both and, and draft guys. But, you know, Kenny Britt is a, is a solid vet that, you know, obviously flamed out and washed out in um, in Cleveland. Uh, and, and, you know, but he can produce. And, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him produce. But between Edelman and, and Hogan and Tom Brady, I mean, what, Tom Brady's what, 40, 45 years old now, 42 years old, whatever he is. I mean, he's, he's, not, he's the QB on my dynasty team that won. Um, and I keep joking that he's a Hall of Famer. Nobody, nobody wants him, um, but he just keeps producing. Those are guys that help you win titles. So I, I, I think, you know, status quo in New England and Edelman and Hogan are going to be great. Yeah, I, you know, and, and you look at uh, Chris Hogan is actually he signed that three-year deal coming over from Buffalo uh, in 2016. So he will actually be a free agent after this year. And you look at Julian Edelman and uh, and. Um, his contract, he is um, basically under contract for not very much money over the next two years. So I think you look at um, what the Patriots are thinking here. Uh, if they, if Hogan has a big year, maybe they pay him and it's going to be Edelman and Hogan the next couple of years. Uh, if not, maybe they use one of these top four picks that they have on a receiver and, and try to develop him. I know New England usually has not had a, a whole lot of success drafting receivers. Maybe they try to buck that trend this year, but that is uh, going to be something, uh, you know, especially with all the opportunity there that's, uh, you know, uh, available in New England for these receivers. That's something to pay attention to as we get closer to the start of the season. Uh, keeping it on the receiver tip, you, you talked about him before. Michael Crabtree, cut by the Raiders, signed by the Ravens. Now, you look at um, what we see in him right now. He's the number one for Baltimore. He's obviously very accustomed to being the number one. He was one in, in San Francisco, and he still got a ton of targets uh, in Oakland, you know, despite being uh, alongside Amari Cooper. But Baltimore could take Calvin Ridley or Cortland Sutton or somebody like that in the first round. If that's the case, are you willing to roll the dice if you own Michael Crabtree and, and, and keep him on your team and, and hopefully, you know, they don't take a receiver early and Crabtree gets, uh, you know, he's in line for a big 2018? Or are you trying to part ways with him right now just in case um, you know he does fall victim to playing opposite a, a, a rookie receiver that is the quote-unquote future in Baltimore. How do you treat Crabtree for dynasty purposes right now? Well, I think that um, most of these guys like Crabtree um, that are older veterans that produce. Um, you know, he had eight touchdowns last year, eight touchdowns the year before. Um, now, obviously, Oakland, their offense struggled. Um, last year, uh, Derek Carr didn't have a great season. Um, I, I don't think Crabtree was the, the 
the problem in, in Oakland, but obviously Gruden wanted to go in a different direction and is going to rely heavily on, on Amari Cooper out there. Um, I think Flacco should love having a veteran receiver who knows how to get open, knows how to run routes. Um, it's been in the league quite a while. Um, has not a problem having volume targets. I, I think that uh, if they do draft somebody as a rookie, as you said earlier, he's going to still be a rookie. Um, I mean, even at the – if they draft it, I think they draft one in the middle of the first round or something like that. Yeah, 16. Uh, yeah, so, you know, they're going to draft somebody. Um, it, it's going to take a while for that person at 16 to come in and, and try to uh, get up to speed. And, and meanwhile, Crabtree, you know, he, he's just going to keep getting open. Flacco loves, uh, you know, to throw the ball down the field. Now, Crabtree's not a burner anymore, even if he ever was. Um, but he's just another solid receiver who can – catch the ball and put up points. I don't know what's not to like. Now, eventually these guys are getting older, and so you're going to try to trade them. You're not going to get the full value. So, you know, I think that's the fine line when you have these bets. You know, giving up known production for not as full value as you want to get for them, what, what's the point? I'd rather keep them, keep the points, and, and, and rather than giving up to get, you know, a rounder or two rounds behind in, in value that I think that they're worth. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event, even eSports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. You know, and that and that's that's a great point because I have unsuccessfully <laughs> tried. I've, I did it right with one player. I'm going to tell you about it in a second. But I, I have tried unsuccessfully to try to guess when receivers, running backs are going to be, you know, um, declining to the point where they're no longer uh, – worthwhile mm-hmm. fantasy guys the one guy i got it right on was several years ago uh when everybody kind of gave up the ghost for heinz ward said you know he's not he's done there, there's there's no coming back he's he's not going to be a relevant fantasy player anymore and we said that well not we but a lot of good dynasty players said it for like three or four seasons okay this is the year now this is the year. and i kept holding on to him you know i didn't trade him i didn't shop him i said no I'm never going to get full value for Heinz Ward because I still believe in the talent. Now, eventually, he did fall off the face of the earth, and that last year (laughs) in the NFL was not a great one for him. But the fact that I was, and maybe he's a rare situation, but the fact that I was able to hold on to him that long and got all that production where, you know, even if I would have gotten 100 cents on the dollar for him, maybe it's in the form of a draft pick that would have busted anyway. You know, you bring bring up this point, John, of, of having this proven production on your roster, and that can't be underestimated in Dynasty success. And I'll give you another name, Larry Fitzgerald. Perfect, yep. Um, Next guy we're going to bring up. I mean, guys 
guys are kicking themselves because they sold Larry Fitzgerald two years ago for, you know, a third-round pick or a fourth-round pick. And here he is still putting up 1,000 yards receiving. There's no other number one wide receiver in Arizona. Um, now, the QB situation's a little dire out there. I mean, if Bradford can stay healthy, then maybe that's good for Fitzgerald. But is this the year that Fitzgerald, you know, takes a step back and calls it quits? It's trying to find that balance. And, and I'd rather take the production and try to win um, over, you know, taking that shot on a rookie or a, or a pick that can bust out. I mean, if you go back and look at rookie draft boards, and I like to do that from time to time, go back to previous seasons and look at outside of the second, you know, the first and second rounds. I mean, the players that are taken in the third through seventh round, you know, those are complete dart throws, you know, and, and maybe you get one that hits out of every round. I, I'd rather take the crab trees, the, the Heinz Wards, the Larry Fitzgeralds, and guys that I know are going to give me some points at least. You know, I, on, on my other show on, on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, which you've been on before, Dave Gerzak and I were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember if it was him or me who brought up the list of the first-round, um, NFL first-round receivers um, mm-hmm. over the last, I don't know what it was, it was like 10 years or, or something like that. And outside of 2014 when you had – Watkins and Beckham and Evans and, and, and all those guys. And Robinson was a second round pick that year. And you had all those, that, that crazy year outside of that, man, I'm telling you the bust rates for rookie receivers that eventually went in the first round of rookie drafts, obviously it, it was insanely high. I mean, it might've been over 50%. Uh, so you, and that's first round picks, you know, we're not even talking right. about second or third round or anything like that. So the, and especially this year, I think that's something that to keep in mind that we all, we want to have those shiny draft picks, but they're not you're they're not assets until you turn them into the correct players, into the non-bust players. You know, it, it's nice to have right. them right now, but man, if you can flip them for for production right now and in a in a proven player, you're never going to get higher than what you can get for them now. Right. I mean, even you know, I took Corey Davis last year uh, in a couple of leagues that I had, you know, the first or second pick, and uh, you know he finally started producing towards the playoffs. Right. Um, and, and some of those, you know, you were starting to wonder, is this guy even going to produce? Um, but then you look at Chicago, look at the bears, Kevin white. I mean, there, there's, right. you know, I- I- example a, that you want to bring up. Um, we here in Chicago, were super high on Kevin white. We're still high on Kevin white. Cause he's barely played. He's played <laughs> what? 10, 15 games total in there's, four years. There's not enough tape on him for, to, for, to not <laughs> like him at this point. Right. You don't have enough, you don't have enough ammo to say, Oh, this guy's terrible. You don't know yet. Right. Exactly. And, you know, hopefully with Nagy coming in and, and, and a Rob on the, on the other side and, and, uh, Taylor Gabriel and three Cohen, I, I, the upside's huge for the bears. I really hope for Kevin White's sake that he can, you know, stay healthy and, and show the world what he can do. Cause obviously, you know, he showed it in college, but, until he does it in the pros, you know, you're, you're just another uh, first-round bust right now. In, uh, in short bench dynasty leagues uh, like the FFPC where, you know, you, you, you have to cut down to whatever it is, you know, 15, 16 players, um, you know, at roster cutdown time. How do you I – mean, I mean, for somebody who's never played dynasty like that where it's, it's you know, kind of like uh, almost like a huge keeper league rather than a dynasty – how do you, mm-hmm. if somebody's never played that before, what's the most important thing to tell them to keep in mind uh, in regards to managing your roster properly in that uh, style of league? Well, well, one of the things you bring up, yeah, 16 spots, right? 
and then you know the 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 rosters at uh, season start is are twenty. So we cut down to sixteen. You're eight, you know so you're basically going to have four draft picks that are going to stay on your roster unless you make some trades, right? So accumulating all these picks, I see guys that accumulate all these picks and they may have 10, 12, 13 picks. Well, you're going to have to cut some of those guys and, and they haven't done anything on the field yet. So you're drafting all these rookies and, and all these guys with great upside, but you're going to cut half of them. So I, I, I don't, I still like to stay with the veterans. Um, veterans help you win. Try to win now. Um, rookie fever is is fine, but it can kill you. You get a team that's all a bunch of rookies and prospects, and the the bust rate, you know, is is too high. You got to have guys that can produce. Um, but I will say, if you like a guy, go get him. If you like a guy and you're picking at the one, you know, one seven, one five, whatever it is, and you're not getting another pick, and you like a guy, he may be a second round talent, but you want that guy. And I'll tell you a guy that I did that with, and people are going to say, yeah, yeah, you did it. Tariq Cohen. I thought that guy was going to be great. Um, at, you know, I was living in Chicago. Um, I saw the hype on him. I, I, I bought into it. I knew I wasn't going to get a chance to get him, um, you know, where, where I was drafting in the rookie draft. So I went up a round or two and took the guy that I wanted. So if you see a guy that you like in the rookie drafts, maybe he's around higher than than whatever the – official, you know, prognosticators are saying, go get the guys you like. It's your dynasty team. Find the guys you want, and and don't let anybody sway you. If you go by ADP alone, you're going to have an average team. That's why it's called average draft. So get and getting your guys is is you will never I mean you will always hear me championing that I I think that's um you know it, it's a key to victory it's a key to making fantasy enjoyable too uh, for right. sure as far as uh, your FFPC dynasty leagues go John is there a guy that you've been trying to buy maybe on the cheap right now and then uh, conversely another guy that you're actually shopping around to to try to, to sell him right now um you know I'm 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 a little intrigued by. And, and, and I know people are going to say why, but, you know, Kelvin Benjamin in, in, in Buffalo, um, you know, he was a number one with Cam Newton. They traded him. Um, I think there's a guy that's got some skills that, that you know, you could probably get on the cheap. Um, you know, another guy like Cam Meredith, another injury guy that, that you know, flashed a little bit. You might be able to get him on the cheap. Um, you know, I, I've been getting a lot of requests for people trying to get Mixon from me on the cheap. And, and I keep declining these offers that I see from people because they're, they're really either thinking that I'm, I'm sour on Mixon, um, but I think Mixon's going to have an up, a, a big year in, in Cincy. Um, so that, that's a guy that, you know, I, I'm not trying to get on the cheap, but people have been trying to get from me on the cheap. Um, some, some long, you know, Aguilar, another solid guy looks like he's figured it out in Philly. Uh, those are a couple of the guys. I mean, some longer shot type guys. Vance McDonald in, in Pittsburgh is a guy that flashed a little bit this year. Um, they don't really have a, a, a solid tight end position figured out in Pittsburgh this, uh, yet. Jesse James is nice, but I think Vance McDonald, could, you can get him on the cheap. Um, and then the, there's a, you know guys that uh, have been starting to kind of creep into my peripheral vision a little bit, like Cameron Artis Payne in, in, um, in uh, Carolina. I think he might get a shot to be the uh, RB1 there. Um, so who knows? Take a flyer on, on, on a guy like that. A veteran guy might figure it out. And 
know we know he can play in the league um, might be a better shot than taking somebody in the fourth round of a, a rookie draft that you may or may not have ever heard of. Um, I let's talk. We I can't believe we've made it this far in this podcast. And we haven't talked uh, rookies much at all. But since <laughs> the onset of of the NFL Combine. Uh, a lot of uh, teams have had pro days. Uh, obviously, most of the pro days are, have been complete. And with the news that's come out on those, has there been a rookie uh, whose stock has significantly gone up uh, a lot for you? And then on the other uh, side of the coin, is there a rookie that maybe you're you're kind of rethinking as, okay, maybe this guy is not the type of player I thought he was going to be? Um, yeah, you know, it's kind of a cop-out answer, but, you know, Barkley, how can you not be impressed with what that guy did at the combine? Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so if his stock was high, it's got to be even higher. Um, uh, so, you know, obviously he cemented himself as the, uh, consensus pretty much one, uh, rookie number one pick, um, by his combine stuff. Uh, Nick Chubb, I think he showed himself pretty well at the combine. Um, helped himself out. I know it was tough for him to share the load and coming off an injury at Georgia and sharing the load with uh, Sonny Michelle. Um, I, I, I think Calvin Ridley, you mentioned him earlier, might might be a possibility for Baltimore. I think he's somebody that that, that did a good job at the combine. Um, you know, some of the some of the dropping you know guys that didn't do so well at the combine. I'm not I'm not really sold on on either of the Josh quarterbacks, Josh Allen, and Josh Rosen. Um, you know, I'd rather, you know, for my money, I'd rather take uh, I'd take Baker Mayfield all day long. I think the guy's a winner. I think he can play. Um, I just think that some of those quarterbacks that, with their uh, completion rate and their accuracy, I just think they're doomed for failure in the in the NFL. Yeah, it's, it's like I'm talking to, to Dave Gerzak right now because I know he does not like either of the Joshes uh, for dynasty purposes, and I believe he is also a Mayfield guy. Um, and uh, remains to be seen where he's going to end up, but – uh, he's certainly created a lot of buzz. Uh, you know, it's weird that that guy who won the Heisman Trophy, uh, we, we've kind of, you know, poo-pooed a little bit and talked about Allen and Darnold and, and Rosen, and, and all of a sudden Mayfield's like, you guys realize I was pretty good too. Uh, so, <laughs> so now all of a sudden he's in that top five. Maybe overall pick, first overall pick. We don't know uh, what's going to happen there with Cleveland. Um, I so hope he, not for, for him. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, yeah. avoid Cleveland. Everyone wants to avoid Cleveland until they, you know, I feel bad for Jarvis Landry. Um, you know, I just, it, Cleveland's tough till they, till they turn it around. I mean, they're, they're going to be the butt of all of our jokes. Could this, could this be the year though, that they turn around? I mean, they get Tyrod Taylor has probably, you know, been one of the better quarterbacks they've gotten in, in the last few years there. Um, they could potentially add Barkley. And even if they don't, they already added Carlos Hyde, who's coming off a nice season. Duke Johnson, who, who came off a pretty good season. Josh Gordon is going to have a, a full off season under his belt. And he looked all right. Uh, when he came back last season, you have, supposedly a, a healthy Corey Coleman and Jarvis Landry is a threat to catch, you know, 90 passes. David Njoku, you'd like to think, takes a step forward. They, I know they have to replace Joe Thomas at, at left tackle, but that offensive line was was improved last year as well. I mean, is how good can Cleveland be this year? I mean, you get enough of these talented guys there, maybe they can turn this thing around. Well, I mean, you know, if you told any team, say you're going to have a five-game improvement over last season, right? You'd you're going to win five more games. Right. Love it. <laughs> right. Well, unfortunately, Cleveland five, you're still finishing last. You're, you you're, might be picking <laughs> in the top five again with a five exactly. improvement. So, I mean, I, I wish I wish Cleveland was better. I mean, I do like Carlos Hyde. I, I was shocked uh, a little bit that that they, you know I knew that they were gonna they were thinking about getting rid of him. They weren't very happy with him in San Francisco, but he produced. He's another guy that just produces. Um, I got him on a couple of teams. 
Carlos Hyde is a solid player. Um, Tyrod Taylor, you know, he's Matt. He's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, you got Corey Coleman, first round pick. You got Jarvis Landry. You're absolutely right. They have playmakers. Uh, I, I just got to wait for them to see it and do it in those uniforms. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's always the bugaboo. Can they do it? <laughs> you know, they've done it anywhere else. Can they do it in Cleveland? Um, right. what, John, what's a, what's a guy, um, or who's a guy that you can't envision yourself uh, really taking in, in first round rookie drafts uh, this year, a guy that you think is going to be a bust, a guy you're going to stay away from. And then uh, maybe a sleeper that is going to slip to the second round, third round of rookie drafts uh, that you think could actually have a pretty nice dynasty career. Well, I mean, I'm not a big Notre Dame fan, and I'm not a big fan of any of the guys coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, uh, St. Brown, um, I think he's going to wind up being a bust. I, I really do. I just, I just don't. Nobody from. I mean, maybe I'm missing somebody, but I can't recall too many stellar guys coming out of Notre Dame and making a big impact in, in the NFL. Uh, Golden Tate, maybe. Tim um, going it back. Like yeah, years. I mean, okay. <laughs> so we're, we're going to go back to when we were kids. <laughs> uh, you know, the Lou Holtz era. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just would stay away from any of those guys. Again, the, the, the Joshes I would stay away from. Um, you know, some guys that I'm high on, I think that kid out of Oregon, Freeman, yeah. is going to be a monster. Um, and you can get him probably mid first round. Um, you know, guys that are a little later, uh, like Auden Tate, uh, out of Florida state, uh, unbelievable skill set. And the guy's, you know, he's, he's a freak. Um, maybe he can put it all together. Um, Bo Scarborough out of Alabama. I think he could be a solid producer for a team. I mean, the guy was a giant out there on, on the college field. Um, and then, you know, for because FFPC, you know, the tight end premium, you know, I think Mark Andrews is going to be a solid tight end um, out of what, Oklahoma or? Yeah, yeah he's yeah, out of Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, those are guys that I think you can get uh, later in the, in the rookie draft. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be running back heavy to start most rookie drafts. Yeah, and Freeman, I, th- I think you, there's a chance you might even be able to get him later than the than the mid first. I mean, it kind of it, it'll obviously depend where he goes. I mean, if somebody takes him in, in the early right. second round, he's he's going to go higher. But but he might be a guy that slips. And Auden Tate, this is a guy you know. In, and John, I don't know if you know this, but I'm I'm a big Florida State fan. And watching him uh, over the last couple of years at Florida State has been fun. However, his testing was he had I mean a bad combine. His, his pro day wasn't all that great. Um, but I am hopeful that he resembles a guy who had. Uh, a historically bad combine from Florida State last year, Dalvin Cook, and uh, really, really, really looked good in his limited time in Minnesota. So hopefully Tate uh, can do that as well be- because uh, I want to like him. I want him to do good in the pros, and, and I'll definitely be with you uh, on, on nabbing him later on because uh, if he if it was just a case of having a bad day or a couple of bad days and he turns out to be a pretty good pro, I don't want to miss on him if I can get him in the, you know, the early, early to mid-second of rookie drafts. Well, that's the thing, right? When and when you get into the second and third round of rookie drafts, um, most of this is uh, landing spots for these rookies. Are they going to get an opportunity? Are they going to get a chance to get on the field? And you know, obviously, first round picks. Um, if guys are taken in the first round, um, they're going to get a chance to play right away. Um, but if if some of these guys go to 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 teams that have obviously, you know, openings and and open competition for those starting spots. I don't see why some of those guys that we mentioned, Freeman, Tate, Scarborough, Andrews, can't can't get a chance to, to try to get on the field. 
Well, listen, I, John, I, I am so thankful that you uh, you took some time uh, out of your schedule today to, to do the lowdown with me. I really appreciate it. I wish you nothing but uh, the best of luck in both your rookie drafts and all your uh, drafts in, in 2018. And uh, I am going to head over to my local Dunkin' Donuts, grab some coffee, and hopefully uh, I, I will have uh, some good rookie drafts in front of me after downing that tasty beverage. Well, I appreciate you having me, and, and you know, I appreciate the uh, FFPC for all they do. That It's the best place to play, and, and uh, I, I love playing Dynasty there on top of, you know, uh, main events and, and football guy stuff. Uh, so uh, without you guys doing what you do, we wouldn't have a place to play. So thank you, guys. Well, thank you so much, John. I certainly appreciate the kind words. And uh, like I said, best of luck to you this season. We'll talk to you again real soon, man. All right, we'll catch up soon. Thanks, Bucky. Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Rotoviz Radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage rotoviz.com slash podcast. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.